0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Second to None podcast. My name is Blaine Gilmer, and I'm here with my co-host, Tavares King. Tavares, it is a reaction Monday here on the show, and it is chock full of stuff that we have learned and players that we were impressed by in SEC week four Action and TK we've got a lot to cover this week as Arkansas went in and did what we thought they would do uh, Florida did what we thought they would do but LSU continues to prove us wrong a little bit TK and uh, but in in some ways but in some ways we were dead on exactly right of what of what LSU is doing and, and who they are so TK, you know how excited are you for reaction Monday and then what do you think about this weekend?
2: It's another good day to be a dog. Go, dogs. We got it done this weekend again. Uh a lot to unpack, man. A lot to unpack this week. Uh a lot of teams looked a little suspect. Auburn, uh, Georgia State coming into town looking, had them looking a little suspect. Uh Kentucky at yeah, South Carolina looked a little suspect to me as well. So a lot to unpack. We saw a lot of a lot of good football, learned a lot about some teams. Um, had some eyebrows raised about some teams as well. So we got about to unpack today on this on this uh monday morning
0: no doubt no doubt and when you're talking about things in the the sec guys it is a league that you can always bet on one thing there's going to be physical play and man there were some pads popping this week especially with games like arkansas and texas a&m and you know that there's going to be some pads popping when arkansas comes to georgia this week for college game day that noon kickoff there in athens and speaking of betting guys betting season with college football is back and better than ever all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season as always bet online is your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season with new and updated site and interface even more odds props and contests I'm excited to see what these odds are going to be on uh, Georgia and Arkansas, TK. I'm excited to see what the odds are going to be on Alabama and Ole Miss. So a lot of contests out there to, to handicap this week that are going to be uh, big, big showdowns in the SEC. But Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. You can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit please don't forget to use our promo code believe that's B L E A V to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, uh, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers that are available in the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online, where the game starts. So TK, you know, we all, as always, we appreciate bet online for being sponsor of the show, but, uh, you know, I think that one thing you can always bet on, and you and I said, is we knew that Texas A&M in this game was going to have to load the box to try to stop the run, and once that happened, we knew that a guy named Traylon Burks was going to take advantage of that one-on-one situation, him and K.J. Jefferson, and I think you got a little, uh, little de- designation, a little award to, to grant to Mr. Burks this week.
2: Every week, man, we're going to start doing this thing, man. Since I'm a receiver, we're going to start giving out that up top pork chop award. And that man went up top on them boys a few times. So this week's up top pork chop award winner is Mr. Traylon Burks, man. He was out there going up top on them cats this weekend. Um, And, I mean, we talked about it earlier in the week, like we said. When when people load the box against a, against a guy like that, it gives them opportunities. And I talked about them putting a a, a shell safety over top of them. They didn't do that, and it hurt them. Uh, so, congrats, my brother, Mr. Treylon Burks.
0: Yeah, he had six catches for 167 yards and a tu and a tutty. Took it to the house on a key moment of that game where they really jumped up on him. I think that made it ten nothing at that point, and just really got the momentum. Uh, going in Arkansas's way, and you and I talked about it. We thought Arkansas would pressure the heck out of Zach Calzada, and they did. Barry Odom sent, you know, sent pressure, and uh, that brings me to the point while we're talking about this game – I pointed out before that it would be kind of the law firm of Williams and Williams up front for Arkansas. Trey Williams and Zach Williams. And Trey Williams ends up coming away with two sacks. He played through injury, a little bit of pain, uh, you know, at different times, but ends up having two sacks of Zach Zach Calzada in that game. TK. Um, I think mean, that was a that was a huge thing of, you know, just not they never let Zach Calzada get get comfortable uh i don't know that jimbo fisher and, and texas AM and m did a good enough job of of trying to make him comfortable you and i when we talked to mike evans he's like well they got to run the football they got to do some some play action stuff all that it didn't seem to happen as much especially uh i saw you know after c uh after isaiah spiller had the I almost said cj spiller from clemson but uh, a couple few years back back in the day oh, but dude. after after isaiah spiller broke that long run TK they didn't really go back to him uh and Zach Calzada you know just never got in rhythm yeah I mean
2: it was tough I mean I, like they were heating him up as they should have I mean as the record showed he struggled under pressure and he still and like I said he he probably still would and he did um but I think to your point they they should have did a little bit more things with him like moving him out of out of the pocket. If they're gonna heat that pocket up, let's not just sit in there and take it. Let's let's start, you know, doing some sprint outs and things like that. So I think there there are some things that they could have did to help him. Uh, but man, that 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 Arkansas defense is real. I, I really think Sam Pittman and that Arkansas defense um, plays like a Sam Pittman team. They they're physical, um, they're locked in, and and everybody. You know, DYJ. Everybody does their job, uh, so so that's what what I think makes them good, and that's what I, I'm excited to see. Why I'm excited to see this number number eight versus number two matchup this Saturday. Um,
0: yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast, in, in Athens to you know the, I, everybody's hesitant a little bit about it being a twelve o'clock kickoff. I know everybody wishes they they you know the the they think the TV companies really screwed that one up. I think it they were a little. I think they were planning on Texas A&M coming out with the dub on that, the media executives were. But I think every, anybody who knew going into this game that what, you know, how these two teams were playing is you and I both picked Arkansas to, to win this game, and, and they uh, they came through for us over here, TK. So um, now in terms of the – we're going to do something else on this show, guys, from each game called the the worst kept SE secret of the game, meaning that, that we, we've we knew something was going to happen, and we and what we ended up learning about these teams, TK. The the worst kept se secret of this game is that I knew that Texas A and M's offensive line was not what they've been under Jimbo Fisher. Um, I think that that's a big the biggest part of this game. So when you see Arkansas's defense have a ton of success against. Texas A&M's offensive line. I think it's more to do with – now, don't get me wrong. They're a great defense. But I think it's more to do with Texas A&M's offensive line, and I'll be interested to see how that plays out against a Georgia offensive line this upcoming Saturday.
2: Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think that's the, probably the most telling thing of that game. And if and if you're a defense going against a, a Texas A&M offense, I think you know what to do. heat them up. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So next game that we picked, we both picked Florida to beat Tennessee. We both thought it would be closer though. And TK through halftime, it was looking that way. It was 17, 14. And even late in that game, Tennessee had some opportunities uh, to make that game a little bit closer. They missed a field goal at halftime that would have made it 17, 17 at half. But I was impressed by how this Tennessee team played, TK. To be so decimated by the transfer portal and and all the the scandals and accusations that uh, Tennessee had after um, Jeremy Pruitt left and Josh Heupel comes on board, it showed that that at least for the first eleven, they were they were playing right there with Florida. I just don't know if the depth is there for Tennessee at this point.
2: exactly. I you took the words right out of my mouth. Let's be let's be real. Um, the gap of talent, I think, is large. Uh, so I think that played a big issue. But to your point, I-, I was happy to see those cats go out there and compete and get after it. Um, you know, Hendon Hooker, I think he, he might have grew up a little in this game. Uh, I think that he-, he played really, really sound, really well. Um but I think the biggest takeaway to me is 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 that Florida defense. I think that they look really good. I think that they, I think they proved that they can, you know, slow guys down and and lock in on a a quarterback that has a potential to, you know, beat you on the ground.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I I thought Hendon Hooker, though you know, twenty first downs for Tennessee. Uh, that's they did they did pretty well. You know, getting up into into that number where it's a lot. There's a lot of offenses that that really struggled in the SEC. But I thought that you know, I mean, he hit a he hit a a, a long touchdown pass or, or had a couple touchdown pass, but a long touchdown pass early on in the game, um, and uh, to Javonta Payton. And you know, I think you, they got Tryon Evans working. Uh, later in that game running the football, they just couldn't capitalize, you know, and, and finish off drives. And, and like you said, Cooper Mays uh, ended up going out and then they had to bring the backup center in. We said Cooper Mays would be a big factor, and he was, but uh, in terms of, you know, once he went out, that, that depth and, and things like that, and not just that position on their defense. Tennessee's defense was playing really well, uh, especially in that first half. But uh, Emory Jones and that big offensive line, just kind of wore down uh, Tennessee throughout the game. I think it'll be interesting, TK, to see Florida against a team that has a, a, a lot of depth. Now, I know Alabama uh, supposedly has a lot of depth, but TK, you and I are both a little suspect on that Alabama uh, defense at this point, and boy, what a matchup we're going to have to talk about with Ole Miss and Alabama later in this week. But I think, TK, the, the, the worst-kept se secret from this game is the fact that Florida is not – I don't think Florida is going to be someone that has a dynamic passing game in, in this deal. It's all dependent on Emory Jones and, and him being able to run the football. If he cannot run the football – and I say he because he, once again, was the leading rusher for this team, TK – they' two quarterbacks are so their leading rushers for the, this team. How problematic do you think that's going to be for Florida going forward this year as they play some better opponents and it starts with a good Kentucky defense this weekend
2: man honestly, that was another one of my takeaways. I think that Emory Jones got better last week as well. I think that he played better. I think that it's starting to click for him. It was the first game that he hadn't thrown an interception um this year yeah um it was the first game in since Tebow that they had a quarterback go for 200 passing and a hundred yards rushing. Um, so I think that that's very, that's, that says a little bit, I think it says that he's, he's getting poised. I think it says that he's getting comfortable. Um, and I think it says that, you know, that it's his team. You know, we talked about, we talked about, (laughs) we talked about AR 15 and that whole debacle. Um, I think he'll get some, I think, AR 15 will get some playing time, but I think Emory Jones has shown that, that, not nah, kid, it's, it's my team.
0: No doubt. And I, and like, like I said, I, I, they're, they're performing great, but I just worry about the, the style of Florida's play under Dan Mullen with Emory Jones this year because obviously he's hard to stop, mm-hmm. but you're going to have defenses. And I think Kentucky's defense is one of these that, that are very, very tough, very fast defenses that, you know, Look at the disparity, TK. You know, in their rushing this week, Emory Jones, fifteen carries for 144 yards. Their next best rushing threat is their running back, Damian Pierce, eight carries for 62 yards. So, if they can, if if a team has a game plan to shut down Emory Jones, you know, like that's uh, that's they're, he's not going to run on them. I worry. Can can the pat the pure passing game come along enough to? You know, if they say Emory Jones' legs are not going to beat us, can a team, you know, put six in the box, man up across the board and and you know, win those battles? And I think that's that's what Kentucky and Georgia will try to do to him.
2: Yeah, I mean I think that's definitely the recipe. I mean, with a guy that's that struggled, um, you want him to beat you. You don't want to make it easy for you. You don't want him to sit back and read and blah, blah, blah. you don't want you not wanna do that. Uh so you're gonna you're gonna throw some things at him. You're gonna throw the kitchen sink at him to make sure that hell he's ready. One, and you're gonna to try to make him beat you with his own. We're um, gonna take the, the the lesser of the two evils.
0: Absolutely, I think another thing that comes out of this game is that Josh Heupel has Tennessee going in the right direction. I really do. I, I think he, he's a he's a he's a good coach. I think he's got a good 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 system, good plan in place. He's just got to get the the players in there, TK, to uh, to you know replenish that team, whether that's through the transfer portal, or recruiting, or stuff like that. I'm sure that uh, he'll do a good job of uh, kind of replenishing that that roster. But impressed with uh, Tennessee at least early on, a uh, lot better game. I, I predicted it would be 31-21, so I was one score off from each side uh, from getting that one. Now the next. Next one, TK, that, that you and I both doubted once again. We doubted LSU. We doubted Ed Orgeron and this team. But, TK, I would like to say that the reasons that we doubted LSU all came to fruition in this game. They were not able to run the football, which is what we said they would not be able to do. They had 66 yards rushing on, on the day compared to Mississippi State's 115. We said that Mississippi State would be able to run the football. Guess what they did? They had only rushed for. They had only averaged rushing fifty-five yards a game coming into this one. Like I said, one hundred and fifteen is what they picked up. LSU was playing a three-man front the entire game. <laughs> the problem with the problem with Mississippi State is Mike, Mike Leach and company were not patient enough to take what they were giving them. Tk, they could have ran the ball more, uh, but they were dropping eight, playing zone, let it stay underneath them, and Mississippi Coach, State.
2: Coach Leach play played the game of football like I play, man. <laughs> He's he, he trying to run it up, dog.
0: Uh, yeah, I know. But, you know, when, when they're dropping eight and playing three underneath, you got to run the football more consistently, don't you?
2: Yeah, you do, man. You, you definitely got to take what's given, especially in our league, bro. If somebody's rushing three down linemen, you you got to be able to get four or five yards. Um, your offensive line's got to be able to push. And, the, and, the, and to your point, the crazy thing is they were doing that. They were able to run the ball. So, so why not just, again, take what's given to you um, and just, you know, dink your way down the field. You know, again, that, that air raid offense is, is amazing. It's prolific. But, man, sometimes you got to dial it back and play football.
0: TK, I just want to read these out for people listening here to the pod. First downs in this game. Mississippi State, 29 first downs. LSU only 15 in the game total yards mississippi state 486 lsu 343 (laughs) uh you know rushing yards 115 to 63 for in in favor of mississippi state time of possession mississippi state 35 minutes lsu 24 minutes i mean lsu won or lost every category in this game except on the scoreboard because two busted coverages by mississippi state one a big a big they had a crosser and a safety bit up and let a post get behind it for a wide open touchdown. And then did you see the play where the two the two Mississippi State defenders just knocked each other out like a like Mike Vick style with the with the Minnesota Vikings back in the day? And that tight end just went right down the sideline for LSU. And uh, you know, that was 14 points right there. But you know, late in the game, Mike Leach started realizing, oh, they're letting us just do this. So he even when they needed to conserve time then he started running the ball and dinking and dunking underneath and they they put some points uh in there but tk so yeah, i just came out of this game i know lsu won and i know we've bet, bet against uh lsu the last two weeks but my se secret for this game is that lsu does not have what it takes as a program to win the games that it's going to have upcoming on its schedule it's doesn't have what it needs on the on the depth per uh depth side on the defense and and up front they they have a severe inability to run the football and that's going to hurt them against an Alabama or Ole Miss or Arkansas.
2: Yeah, you just said it. You can't if you can't run the ball, bro, um in the SEC West you're going to struggle. Uh and and what were, what was what was the the rushing yards they had? They had 60,
0: 63 rushing yards LSU did against Mississippi State's defense.
2: It's not gonna get it done. Uh, <laughs> it's not gonna get it done, bro. Yeah, if you can't if you can't rush the ball, bro, you're gonna struggle. Um, hey,
0: you know, Max Johnson is good, but he's not Joe Burrow good. Uh, no. And that that team didn't have to run the ball, but but this team's gonna have to run the ball a little bit uh, to to be able to compete. Now, when it comes to uh, that game, like I said, you and I both picked Mississippi State. I thought it'd be a little bit higher scoring, but hey, you know, hats off to to uh, edo and, and company will see how they do going forward but i'm just telling you if they're not able to run the football consistently uh, like we said in this league i don't think it's going to be able to cut it another game that, that you and i picked uh, correctly in terms of the winner but not the style of the game we were a little bit off on that uh, we thought kentucky would put up more points on south carolina tk can kentucky wins this game 16 to 10 and TK, actually our offensive player of the week that, that I'm going to award this to comes in this game is Chris Rodriguez with 144 yards rushing. And that's because for some reason, as good as Will Levis and company looked moving the ball through the air earlier this year, that, that, that continuity that they had with uh, Josh Ali and Wondell Robinson, it's just not there. They're not able to push the ball down the field, it seems like. But – when they needed it the most, Chris Rodriguez was there to bail Kentucky out. So he's our offensive player of the week this week. But you know, TK uh, thoughts of thoughts of after seeing Kentucky, you know, against uh, South Carolina in the sixteen to ten victory.
2: Man, I wasn't expecting them to struggle with a with the South Carolina team uh, that that looked like they looked against Georgia, but coming out of a game like that. From South Carolina's perspective, coming out of a game like UGA the, the previous week, you're going to come out on fire. Um, you're going to prepare. You're going to do everything, especially at home. You're going to do everything you can to try to win um, and try to slow those guys down. So that could be a, a, a little bit of motivation from South Carolina's perspective. But Kentucky, man, we've got to dive into Kentucky. This is two weeks in a row. That offense has looked.
0: Um, Four. Uh, yeah, only 102 passing yards for Kentucky this week, and they were 50 percent uh, on their third down conversions. 22 first downs for Kentucky compared to 12, only 12 first downs for South Carolina. TK. So I will say this: the worst, the worst kept se secret out of this game is one. Kentucky's defense is legit. I'm just telling you that they they, 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 Mark Stoops is going to, and that's what makes this game coming up against Florida this weekend at Lexington, so exciting for me because it's going to be that dynamic Florida rushing attack versus a very tough Kevin, – Kevin Harris in South Carolina, they ran the ball at, at times decently against a, that Georgia team later in the game. They only had 15. What did you
2: say? What did you say? South later Carolina. In the
0: game. Yeah, later in the game. They, they did. They call them dogs off. They did later in the game. but I, But I'll say this. It was impressive for Kentucky to hold Kevin Harris who you and I both acknowledge is a terrific running back for South Carolina. I mean it had led the league in rushing last year, but they held South Carolina to 58 yards rushing. TK, when you when you're able to do that, that's a that's an impressive performance by that defense and you know, I just think Kentucky uh, the the thing that's hurting them right now is the 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 you know, they had three fumbles total. They lost two of them through an interception. So just those turnovers are really hurting Kentucky at this point.
2: Well, yeah, you got to hold on to the ball. But if you're turning that thing over against South Carolina, you're going to turn it over against uh, somebody that's a little better.
0: Uh, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, I, I think that that Will Levison and, and company have, have to definitely, you know, focus on, on so cleaning up some of those things as they head into this game versus Florida. But I, I think that, that – like I said, the worst-kept SE secret of this game is that Kentucky's defense is, is legitimate and that their offense <laughs> needs to needs to work some things out. I mean, Will Levis, you know, just get that ball to Wandell Robinson. You and I talked about how da- dynamic he is. They need to find some easy ways, whether it's yeah, some – Right here. Yeah. And it's <laughs> – you saw what the Chiefs did with your guy Miko Hardman yesterday. You know, just a little jet sweep. You know, and it counts as a pass in the in the stats. You just kind of pat that thing forward, and he catches it and run, runs with it. But uh, but that counts as it counts as a as a pass. But I think whether it's quick screens or whether it's some designed you know run things or jet sweeps, get Wondell Robinson the football because other than Chris Rodriguez in that offense, he's he's the guy. I mean, he's that that playmaker uh, that that they really need to to make sure he he gets the touches.
2: Yeah, yeah, he is. Where hey, yo, this is in in the swamp?
0: No, 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 no. It's in, it's in the bluegrass yeah. state, man. It's up oh, there man. in
2: Lexington. Okay. That's that's a, that's bro, this is a great weekend.
0: Oh yeah, you got uh Ole Miss Alabama coming up. You've got uh at, at Tuscaloosa. You got game day going to uh Athens for Arkansas at Georgia. And then you have also Florida going to Kentucky. So there's some, some big time matchups and uh, TK, the last one I want to talk about on our reaction Monday show here is Boston college beats Missouri in overtime. First of all, the the crazy finish Missouri goes down and hits an absolute bomb field goal, 56 yarder at with the time, you know, expiring to go to overtime and then uh, lose it in overtime. But I continue to say, you know, you and I both – hey, this is an SEC show. We're always against the, against the the you know, the other conferences. We're going to root for the SEC team. Um, BC is a good program. We did think with Phil Dracovic being out there, their quarterback and having to go with a backup quarterback that that would be a problem. I think what, what this says, the worst kept SEC secret out of this game, is that Missouri's defense – has a long way to go because their their offense under Connor Basilek honestly, and Eli Drinkwitz' offensive system is is you know running pretty well.
2: Yeah, the offense looked looked pretty decent. the <laughs> The defense looked like I thought BC's defense would look.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely.
2: Struggle struggling tackling the back. Um, so I was I was I was a little confused by that, and and we got what we got score
0: wise. Well, TK, we both thought that that Tyler Beatty would have a big day, and he, you know, he ended up rushing for a touchdown and things like that. But Missouri only had 88 yards rushing on the day. Um, that you know, Tyler Beatty, 18 carries for 72 yards, two touchdowns on the day. But TK, Boston College ran for 275 yards and when uh, you're right when when you're not able to, to tackle when you're not able to your defensive line is not able to reset the line of scrimmage right that's something that the elite defenses are good they're able to reset the line of scrimmage a yard uh, yard or two back you know be able to make that first contact right there at the line of scrimmage and uh, Boston College was getting movement on 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 Missouri so you know, that, that's something to, to pay attention to later on this year um, as Missouri moves throughout the SEC East. But, TK, that's, uh, that's our reaction Monday, man. I mean, overall, uh, we had – oh, we haven't given out our special teams player of the week, so let's recap real quick. Our up-top uh, pork chop went to Traylon Burks for his uh, one-on, one-on-one, uh, you know, performance there against Texas a and the touchdown grab that he had uh, early on in that game. Our defensive player of the week was Trey Williams out of that game. Two sacks for Arkansas and just really wreaked havoc on Zach Calzada and company all day. Then you also had our offensive player of the week, which is Chris Rodriguez, who had 144 yards rushing for Kentucky when they needed it most. And then TK has our special teams player of the week. Special teams are special. It's Jamison Williams. who
2: It's got to go to you, my man. Two kickoff returns for Tuggies. Um as well as a monster day on the offense. Uh but man, special teams is where it says special teams are special, special teams gets it done. Um Jamison, you got it done, my brother. Congrats to you, special team player of the week.
0: No doubt. And and uh, you know, that's just uh it doesn't even seem fair, Alabama able to go pick up a player like that from Ohio State. So uh, but that's that's the world we're living in here with the the day of the transfer portal. So um, you know, we've touched on all our players of the week. We hit all our reactions. So, TK, I'm excited about this upcoming Wednesday episode where we will talk about the, the lines for all of these games coming up uh, with Old Miss at Alabama, Arkansas at Georgia, Florida at Kentucky. Like you said, it's a huge weekend, and we'll have it all here on the Second to None podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. 365 Sports YouTube channel, uh, brought in partnership by the Sideline Sports Network as well on social media, and presented by Online. So TK, we will catch everybody on Wednesday, and enjoy Monday night football, all that kind of stuff uh, with the NFL going on out there, and we will, like I said, we'll catch you on Wednesday for a What's the Spread Wednesday on the Second to None podcast.